Welcome to the Here and Now Motherhood podcast. Here and Now Motherhood is a nonprofit designed to support moms in their transition into motherhood. I'm your host, Nicole Hunt. Hi, everybody. We're so excited to have Julia with us. Julia, would you mind introducing yourself? Sure. So my name is Julia Fishman, and I am... um, Foundations of Ayurveda instructor at the Center for Sacred Window. I'm an Ayurvedic practitioner and an avatar wizard, and um, I am super excited to be here. Awesome! Thank you so much. Um, can you tell us about an what what an avatar wizard is? That sounds really cool. Absolutely. So, avatar wizard is someone who's taken. The Avatar Wizards training, which is a awareness consciousness training course that teaches people how to live and create deliberately. So I do that as my full-time profession. I travel throughout the U.S. Uh, facilitating courses that are called Avatar courses. So that's, in essence, a short description of it. A summary of it. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so you teach, um, Ayurvedic principles and you're Ayurvedic practitioner. Um, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into Ayurveda? Sure. So Ayurveda is something that has been in my life for a long time. Uh, when I was in college way, way back when, I think almost 20 years ago now, oh my God, (laughs) um, I was very interested in holistic an alternative medicine. And I was always looking for ways um, to get involved. And in my college, uh, University of Rochester, where I was, uh, there was a survey course that talked about alternative and complementary medicines. And so every week during that semester, where I studied public health, basically, and health and society. But Every week there would be a speaker from different modality that would come in and talk about whatever their modality was. And one of the weeks was an Ayurvedic practitioner and a Chinese medicine doctor. He was both. And he really impressed me. So what he was sharing just felt so authentic and so all-encompassing. It just clicked Uh, And all this time that I've been looking for something that would bring together all the pieces, the physical, the mental, emotional, spiritual, and so so on. And what he talked about really resonated. So I looked into it, and ever since then, it's been on my radar. It took me about maybe 12 years to decide to go to Ayurvedic school after that first encounter, but it's... um, And that's how I became Ayurvedic practitioner after going to Ayurvedic Institute in Albuquerque, New Mexico. took me a bit, but it's been on my radar for a long time. That's awesome. What were some of the like roadblocks you came into as like that stopped you from doing Ayurvedic school um, right away? Because it sounds like it was a little bit of a wait for you. Well, it's, I'm not sure I would call them roadblocks, more like societal expectations. I wanted a regular career. I wanted a regular sort of um, traditional um, path in the society. So I also was uh, engaged and getting married and my fiance at the time didn't want to move to anywhere other than Boston, which is where he was. Um, so <laughs> originally I went to dietetic schools here in Boston to study nutrition and dietetics. And I did some of that also at the University of Rochester as an internship at a weight management center in a hospital. And what I found in that environment is, a you know, very, very, um, genuine, loving people that were sort of in a box of counting calories and proteins and and carbohydrates and it just was missing the juice for me so once i've um 
you know, finished school and went to a, a dietetic school and actually started working in the hospital as a dietetic intern, I realized that I will never do that because the atmosphere in the hospital was such that the dietitians were in essence irrelevant to the whole process. They just had a few minutes with the doctor um, and with the patients rather and the doctors had an option of looking at their recommendations and the patients that they met with were on drugs and weren't really present. So I felt like I was preparing myself for a life on inconsequence. So at that time, I started to consider very um, seriously that I should probably devote my life to something other than counting calories. And <laughs> so that was the major block once I've, uh, once I realized dietitian path of the dietitian is wasn't going to be something I embraced. I took off from my, um, from my life and from the school. And I went to California, I went to a yoga retreat, became a yoga instructor and yoga teacher and, um, you know, moved to Aspen, Colorado and just taught yoga. And, um, Ayurveda then became forefront, um, in my, in my consciousness because Ayurveda and yoga are such sister sciences. So then I really decided like, okay, you need to make this happen. And so it took me maybe two, three, four years or so to make it happen because I was also really, really into yoga and was considering a path of just being a traveling yoga teacher. But Ayurveda felt like a much more all-encompassing system. So at the first opportunity, I moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico, bought a house there, brought my, at the time, boyfriend there, and then that's the rest is kind of history as you will yeah did you you went to you got trained by dr lad it sounds like in new mexico correct right dr lad was um yes at the albuquerque at the ayurvedic institute mm -hmm. um what led you to um being involved with doulas um with the uh, sacred window school um, it's kind of a many-fold path, if you will. The first time I got introduced to this work was through Isha Oaks when she visited the Ayurvedic Institute and offered a two-day workshop on um, Ayurvedic postpartum care. Um, so I took that workshop and I've also spent a lot of time just talking to Isha privately and just... Uh, hearing what she had to say about the passion she had for this work and it's you know it kind of uh, I was a bit of um, the kind of student that I was I wanted to learn everything so I took every workshop that was available <laughs> that I could make time for and afford so Isha's was one of those workshops and at the time it didn't exactly impress me all that much but there was a there was a seed that was planted. I remember talking to Isha and being like, well, oh, wow. So basically there should be like postpartum centers all over the world everywhere. And every woman should have an ability to go, right? Like that's what we're trying to create here, right? And at the time Isha was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, you know, just slow down. Like maybe just, you know, I'm just training doulas to like take care of women. <laughs> Um, and I was like, okay, well, maybe someday, right? So <laughs> that was my introduction to it. And then um, in the very beginning, and then as I became an Ayurvedic practitioner and I was, you know, connecting with people and seeing what was needed and what was wanted, you know, uh, cares for mothers and became more and more front and centric as I also study a lot of the Western paradigm because I always think that we need to keep integrating belief systems because that's really the mission of Avatar, which is my main thing. So the Western belief system and the Ayurvedic belief system and, you know, Eastern, Chinese, like all of these. So I always look at everything and there's so much around, um, 
connection between mom and baby and how that really uh, affects the rest of life for every person. You know, connection, uh, attachment theory is huge in psychology today and has been for a while. And no one has had any like actual plan for how we're going to address this whole like inability of moms and babies to fully connect. So, so the seed was planted then and it was starting to grow. And then the way I got connected to the Ayurvedic, the school is, was really actually amazing. I went through cancer myself. I had cervical cancer, which was a huge shock to me because I didn't, I was very healthy and, you know, my sort of personal health journey, I should be the last person to get it. (laughs) But, you know, once you realize that all of the preconceived notions of who gets sick and how that happens go away, you start to wonder like, okay, so what's really happening here? And um, as I moved through my own journey, one of the things I did was find the binder that Isha Oaks um, gave us at her workshop. And intuitively in that moment, I was like, this is the thing I need to prepare for surgery, to get through the Western um, and Eastern sort of treatment plans. Like I need this. This is what I need. So I created my own routine for myself to get ready for um, chemo and radiation and surgery and then to heal from that. And I was like two or three heads above anyone that was going through the same treatment. I hardly had any side effects from anything. And it was miraculous to me, you know? So when I did that, what I learned is that Isha... Um, at that time also was, um, you know, this is once I've healed and I was kind of ready to like embrace the world again. Um, I learned that Isha was going through cancer as well. And I called her because I thought, well, I could, first of all, I could help her navigate the journey because I've just gone through it. And second of all, I want to help thank her for basically me using her method while I was healing. Mm -hmm. And she picked up the phone and it was a very strange conversation because I could feel intuitively that she was very, very thin in her consciousness. Like she wasn't almost like she wasn't here. Um, so I shared and I asked her to call me and told her that I could help her any way she would let me. And she said, absolutely, of course, uh, I will call you. But I just had that strong feeling like she wasn't going to call me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I asked myself, well, what would I do? What would help me if someone, if I was, you know, not doing well, what do I want people to do for me? And I decided that for myself, I would want them to help my dreams to manifest into reality. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to support her postpartum care mission. Um, And so I started it by doing kind of a blog on Facebook for 42 days of what sacred window means to me. And on the second day of that blog of me writing, she passed away. Um, And I decided that that moment that that conversation was faded and then I needed to continue. So through that 42 days, as I wrote, there was a lot of women that got connected and we were on the phone and we talked about how we can take this work forward. And that's when I first connected with Christine and a bunch of other people. And um, that's how it started. And then looking back at it, I found out that Isha hasn't talked to on the phone to anyone for like kind of a while. People couldn't get a hold of me. So 
retroactively, I was shocked that she picked up the phone, you know, basically just on her deathbed. So that felt somehow very sacred. Yeah. Well, that like, I'm like tearing up, like absolutely incredible. Thank you for sharing all of that. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was really, you know, it felt like some sort of, um, out of this world transmission in a way of like, you need to pay attention. Like it's hard not to pay attention when something like that happens. And I felt like, you know, I like to dedicate my life to something that feels like it matters. And that incident made me decide that spiritually, this is the right thing to be uh, paying attention to. Yeah, yeah that's incredible. Um, would you be comfortable sharing what was your 42 day routine that you used when you were going through cancer treatment? Sure. It's um, basically... I did it very intuitively, but I basically did exactly the same thing that we're teaching the women. I just took every, I created for myself a routine that was very gentle, very slow, very soft, very easy to digest foods. Um, I was doing body care without the oil because oil is a little bit difficult to digest for someone who is, um, you know, debilitated as I was, but I made it very, very slow and fully connected with my body so that I would eat very nourishing and soft foods. I would drink warm drinks. I would kindle my Agni continuously. So basically, um, it would change a little bit from day to day. But I basically created a very vata pacifying, which is, um, you know, ayurvedically speaking, vata is the element of wind and space. So I created something that had a very gentle container, had a very soft routine, and it was very structured, but in a flexible way. And I ate things that were warm, soft, well spiced and yummy <laughs> and um you know while my uh recommendations from the western doctors were like oh it doesn't matter what you eat in fact just eat as much as you can and eat really heavy foods that are dense rather than easy to digest and i ignored those recommendations and just um did did the nourishing food good to mention that before that while I still had cancer I went almost like the opposite of Ayurvedicus uh, uh, opposite of uh, postpartum window recommendations and I went fully bitter and astringent raw food way because to me that felt like that was the most shrinking and that's what I used for a long time pre- surgery mm -hmm. um and it slowed down the um the cancer it basically made it grow a little slower or a lot slower rather but it wouldn't fully um shrink it or take it away but it kept me exactly where i was and kept the cancer from spreading for about a year and a half or so and then at some point i intuitively felt like it's starting to grow. Um, the routine is not working anymore. So I need, you know, Western intervention. And that's when I switched the routine to postpartum care. Mm. The combination you have of like Western and Eastern is, that's really incredible. I, I loved like that you incorporated that intuition. Um, and that's, I mean, that's really incredible how you're able to combine all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's um, ultimately the realization I had through the whole routine, which is what through the whole, pro, uh, you know, ordeal, if you will, or my journey is that there is not alternative medicine and complementary medicine. There's just medicine. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and so Western medicine, Eastern medicine, I read like it's just medicine and it's just what we use when we need to use it. So personally, the biggest shift for me was to realize that I was rejecting Western medicine and um, that rejection was almost like a, a cancer in my mental space, you know? So I had to embrace the whole thing and allow myself to really just, um, you know, embrace all the help that I was getting from everywhere. And um, Ayurveda, as it turns out, as I started to read more of the history and the foundations and as my intuition grew stronger through actually experiencing the concepts, I realized Ayurveda encompasses it all. And the thing that was keeping it separate from Western medicine was my mind. <laughs> that so, is very insightful. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, so my hope for this postpartum window, Ayurvedic paradigm is that it makes it into the mainstream. It's, you know, marries East and West in a way and allows us all to bring care into medicine and, bring care into things that are not medicine. You know, postpartum window is not a disease. It's a natural process. So I love that so much. Like, um, I find that so empowering that like the postpartum period, you're not ill. It's just like, there's just specific support that can make it a little more enjoyable. Right. Right. That's, that's always been amazing to me, you know, when we shift the paradigm and shift the way we look at something, you know, then there's nothing really wrong, you know? And um, to me, it seemed like postpartum window is a perfect, perfect window in, in medicine in general to introduce new ideas because it's, kind of like a, a, a you wouldn't call it a traumatic event but it's a significant event that is difficult for the body right mm -hmm. and then at the same time you know people look forward to it and and want to have it <laughs> mm -hmm. because you know it brings in a baby into the world so when you I feel like if we start looking at these kind of significant events that affect the body we can then extrapolate them into other places in medicine and other places in you know and just in collective whenever there is a transition of any kind if we can take that transition as something that needs to happen and then we can invite it with you know open arms and excitement and just support ourselves through the transition, I think that a lot of things will change in the world. So that's my inspiration for doing this. You mentioned earlier about the connection between mom and baby and how like we've known like many from many different perspectives we've known for a long time that that's important but there's not like a like a plan for how to do that do you from an ayurvedic perspective do you have like some insight on what's effective or what works well for that well i guess the best way to say it and I'm not sure if I'm going to be speaking purely Ayurvedic perspective or just Ayurvedic uh, my perspective that's influenced by Ayurvedic lens and and avatar and um, you know just my own personal life experience but basically 
what works well is presence. You know, being able to be fully present with someone as they're working through some sort of difficulties or change or even just exciting changes, good changes. You know, a baby's coming into the world and it's if you have a perspective that the person is not just the body and the that there's a spirit, a soul that's that's coming into the body from that perspective. It's like there's a lot to learn, right? Like a little being is learning how to use its body and how to use its senses and so on and so forth. So being able to be present with that being as they're, you know, learning this new world that they've just come into, you know, is what's most effective. And the ability to be present will depend and how much attention and how much energy the mom is able to direct towards the baby without sacrificing her own self-well-being because the mom's body, mind, heart starts to become, in Ayurvedic terms, we call it vitiated, but it starts to become challenged in some way. She's not as available to be fully present and even if she is fully present, that that um, discombobulated energy, if you will, will be there in the connection, in the presence with the baby. So, because there's not really a lot of boundaries in the beginning. So presence, I would say, is the most important thing. And what we're doing in Postpartum Window is taking care of everything that we can possibly take care of so that the woman is able and um, willing to be fully present there with the baby and just be enjoying the connection um, because when she is, she's able to intuit what the baby needs. And we call it women's intuition, mother's intuition, but it's really anyone can have that as long as they're fully present with whatever's happening right there in front of you yeah that's wonderful thank you um at, you're not taking like um personal clients as a doula right you're just training um doulas is that right at this point yes what i do as a as a doula once in a while is i will do um consultations for people before the postpartum window and after the postpartum window. So that I will do here and there. And then I am setting up sort of a, a business where I can be part of where there's doulas because really my personal passion at the moment is teaching these consciousness training courses. So I leave and I'm traveling every two, three weeks um, to different parts of the country. So mm -hmm. it, uh, it, it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be fair to take on a client. So until I have a team, which I'm working on creating, um, that's not where I'm at, but that will happen once I've set up, uh, everything that I need to set up to create that for now, my focus is, um, my consciousness trainings and the school, um, because I feel once we, once, once this goes kind of viral, there needs to be a lot of doulas that are available, you know, because mm -hmm. I can't say you should all get a doula and then there isn't any. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, because right now this, there is doulas, but they're also not coming from a perspective of uh, creating sacred window. They're coming from a perspective of just... Um, helping mom to feel better, which isn't exactly the flow that I'm inspired to um, empower, you know? Mm. Yeah. And would that be like a local business that you're working on with doulas or would that be something a little bigger? I think I like starting small always and then growing it. So um, initially it'll probably be something small, but eventually it'll be bigger. And in terms of you know, how that relates to the center of a sacred window studies is, you know, at some point we will want to create 
hands-on apprenticeship kind of thing where people can come in and follow uh, doulas that do this work. And so that will be the bigger thing to create as we go forward um, and expand this this uh, online program. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we had kind of mentioned how one of the really neat things about Ayurveda is that it's all encompassing, like it's going to support somebody physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Mm-hmm. Um, can you talk a little bit to how um, – using Ayurveda in the sacred window um, after having the baby can help moms with each of those. So maybe we can start with how it can help moms physically. Absolutely. So physically, specifically, the woman right after birth is, um, you know, their Agni, their metabolic fire is more or less extinguished because so much energy was put into just pushing the baby out. So in Ayurveda, we, um, you know, people are familiar with the concept of kaya kalpa, which means body time. Um, so it's when you can have transformation on all levels through the body, right? So this is that window in Ayurveda. Postpartum window is a is a kaya kalpa body time. Kaya means um, Time and kalpa means the period, you know, a window. So um, physically what we do is we support women with very easy to digest foods, foods that rekindle their digestive fire, their agni. We support them with hands-on treatments um, by infusing their body with oil and infusing their body with prana, if you will, with life energy through touch. So it really helps them come in into the body and be in their body fully because when the person is fully feeling and fully present and what's happening in their body, that's what speeds up the healing process really. So we do that with massages And then we do it also with creating a space physically that doesn't have a lot of distractions and doesn't have a lot of to-dos on a woman's plate. Most of the overwhelm and physical exhaustion happens for a woman because she needs to be able to heal her body and then there's a whole bunch of things she used to do. Um, you know, whatever she's doing in her household that she's responsible for, whatever she's doing in her life, job-wise, that she's responsible for. Plus, she suddenly has a baby to take care of, her body to take care of, and a whole bunch of emotions are coming in. So we do that physically. We support her physically by taking over or helping her delegate all the things that are distracting her attention from healing the body and connecting with the baby. So that's, that's the physical aspect. Thank you. And what about, um, supporting moms mentally? So supporting mom mentally, you know, there's lots of things that people can do. You know, there's telling the birthing story. There's, um, there's lots of things that you can do as an intervention, I am a big proponent of more is less, uh, you know, less is more, excuse me. So the less we do, the better. The To me, what supports mom mentally the best is actually an interrupted connection with the baby and with her, um, with her surroundings, you know, her partner, her family, whoever is there that she feels comfortable with. Um, so as a doula or as a support system, you are there to listen and to hear any concerns and address them the way, the best way you can, if you are able, and if not, you're there to make sure the proper support comes in, whether it's a therapist, whether it's a, you know, a social worker, whether it's like support for the other kids and so on. But really what we do for the mental um, aspect of it is we just create the space for mom to direct her attention into what she's doing right here, right now. 
mental mental you know dysfunction or mental confusion comes in when person's energy is scattered in many directions so if she's able to focus on something one that actually has some significance to her like the baby <laughs> it actually comes down the mind and then as you take care of the body it also affects the mental so as long as there is a clear space for the mom to experience exactly what she is experiencing while connecting in with the baby within that connection mom's um mental state gets taken care of so not to make some huge claims or anything but in my personal perspective a lot of the postpartum depression or postpartum you know mental issues of any kind show up because mom isn't able to fully connect with herself while she's connecting with the baby so when that space is not created the mind takes over and starts um, running circles so if that space is provided and then she's gently directed into focusing on what she's dealing with which is her body her baby her family uh, the mental mental issues more or less dissipate that is not to say sometimes a woman doesn't need some specific processing for any kind of trauma that she's experienced plus in this period of flux a lot of times emotions are coming up from the past and a lot of times as we free up the tissues you know like a, a, a lot of um, weight gets lost when you when you lose weight in that way there's a lot of um, emotions that are stored in the fat tissues and the fat from our Vedic perspective so that needs to be handled so sometimes mom might need a little extra processing um, with therapists and so much so on but for the most part I like to just direct them to their own connection to their heart and their baby and that usually handles 95% of issues that's incredible thank you especially interesting about um from an Ayurvedic perspective having like emotions stored in the fat tissue so then when you go from pregnant to not pregnant like mm -hmm. there being some stuff you have to work through right right that's really interesting it is um, a it's it's just the something to pay attention to because sometimes people you know will do some body something and they're not necessarily connecting that blood everything is consciousness everything is awareness everything has you know intelligence in it and every tissue so as you're losing it whatever was stored in that tissue will come out so it's it's the same you know like it needs to be done gently because a lot of times moms after birth will try to lose weight fast and they may succeed but they may overwhelm themselves emotionally and spiritually because they are not you know equipped to handle what's what's coming out and i've experienced that on my own personal body if you will because at some point i decided i needed to shrink my body really quickly because i thought that would shrink the tumor and i experienced just flood of emotions just out of nowhere <laughs> that i had to figure out how to handle yeah so so that i have experienced that myself as well oh, yeah thank you for sharing that um i mean it mentally kind of ties in with emotionally but mm -hmm. um are how, how would ayurveda support a mom emotionally postpartum it's a little bit difficult to separate like like you said mentally or emotionally but Really, from perspective of the doshas of Ayurvedic medicine, you know, vata, pitta, kapha, you know, emotions are associated with the water element and, um, you know, balanced kapha dosha more or less handles the emotions because it's, uh, you know, the pitta dosha, which is the fire element, is is comprised of water and fire so in a way anytime there are any kind of uh, any kind of uh, fiery emotions anger frustration kind of, um, 
you know, sharpness, criticism, you know, dissatisfaction, those kind of tension producing emotions, we bring in the element of water, which is, you know, the way you would think of actual physical water, that's what the element is like. It's all encompassing. It embraces everything. It doesn't, it's not sharp. It's very smooth. So we create the window to be very soothing, very smooth, you know, sort of not hot, but warm enough. So you have a lot of warm liquids. You have a, some of the herbal teas that are really calming for the mind and emotions. You also have the massage, um, which is really very soothing and very watery in its quality. So during postpartum window, we don't do any kind of like, you know, deep tissue. It's just more of a smooth, continuous flow. And we, in, another way that we handle emotions is we do it the same way water would embrace anything you know if you put anything into water other than heat the water will just embrace it you know mm -hmm. either it dissolves it in itself or it just you know surrounds it like if you put a rock into water right it just surrounds it so whatever comes up for a woman whatever part of her life that's in the window like whether it's other kids or her partner or her family or other medical situations or, you know, so, you know, you can't always predict what happens in life. Like suddenly, you know, a person was planning on sitting in this one place for 42 days and suddenly they have to move. Like, so as a doula, we create the atmosphere of acceptance of whatever's happening, whatever emotions are there, you accept them and you create the space for them to just hang so that they can dissolve into overall flow or, you know, you sort of flow around them the same way you would flow around boulders and you leave them alone and you keep going, <laughs> that mm -hmm. kind of thing. So it's that atmosphere of just embracing rather than fixing things. And I think that that's a very different approach than a lot of the Western interventions, which go, oh, something's wrong. We have to fix it. As far as the Ayurvedic approach, it's you don't fix it unless it's it's disrupting the flow. And even then, you kind of either flow around it or move it to the side and keep flowing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if a practical example would be, let's say, you know, one of the members of the family is not into the routine and they want to do, you know, something completely different or they want to have loud music or they want to have, you know, parties or you don't go, well, no, that's not, that's not right. You don't do it in, in that harsh way. You just kind of go, let's see how we can create it so that everyone can be happy here. Can we do a little bit of this and then a little bit of that? Can we separate the house into a party portion and not a party portion? Like, you know, can, mm -hmm. so that the mom can flow in and flow out of, um, uh, out of activity as she feels um, inspired and able to. So we just embrace everything and then we fix as little as possible. Mm. So that's the difference. So that would be the emotional component, I think. Thank you. And, um, since Ayurveda also encompasses spirituality and also like postpartum can be a very like spiritual experience, whether that's, you know, each person has their own um, definition of what that is, but could you speak a little bit to how Ayurveda can support a mom spiritually? Absolutely. So Ayurveda in itself is, it's the, the philosophy of it is how unmanifest awareness um, condenses into consciousness and then turns into a matter through a series of um, smooth processes that Ayurveda describes. And Vata, Pitta, Kapha are the principles through which that happens. And so 
just the understanding of that that we're we're taking undefined spirit and we're learning how to put it into the body and that that's actually what is happening for the baby <laughs> and mom being the container of it just the understanding of that already consecrates the space and creates a spiritual connection this ayurveda comes from that understanding so all the principles as you do them physically they support that spiritual understanding but specifically for a mom the way that we encourage spiritual connection and, and understanding is we create the mom to be the expert on what's happening for her meaning in other paradigms there's sometimes this feeling like the moms are being told you should do this you should do this you should do this you should do this this is how uh, you should be doing xyz from the perspective of ayurveda the universal intelligence the agni of the universe is the same intelligence as the as inside mom's heart and mind so by allowing her to be fully present in this time and encouraging her to believe that she is the driver of her window that despite of what the rules of the window might be from whatever perspective including ayurvedic perspective what she feels is the right thing to do it always trumps any and all advice from the outside so this the way that the spiritual connection is encouraged in the postpartum window the way that we um we in ayurveda encourages it is to wake up that universal intelligence that mother's intuition that you know the folk name for it to know the right thing to do at the right time for herself and for her baby so as doulas we're encouraged to not um overpower a woman with our suggestions but <laughs> but to support her learning what to do in turn it in you know intuitively so we have a a gentle kind of a guideline 42 days but it's not set in stone for some women it's much shorter for some women it's much longer and the mom is always the driver of the whole thing so encouraging her to know what's right for her um connects her more and more and more with her intuition and hence with universal intelligence which is basically spirituality um and you know my understanding and ayurvedic understanding of spirituality is just being aware in of every, in every moment the connectedness of all things so that you can look at the spirit as the essence of the ether element that connects everything the manifest the unmanifest matter energy and us so that we all are able to um tap into it at any point and because the mom is going through her window she is the expert and that's what we do during postpartum window to help her hear that and embrace that thank you yeah that's beautiful um for the for like any mothers who are listening um as an ayurvedic practitioner as um Adula, what do you wish all moms knew? It's a big question, but if I was to say it in a couple of minutes, I would say that I wish that all moms knew that they have within them the power to heal anything that they wish to heal and to create anything that they wish to create within their own space within their own heart and within their own family so really the message i would tell every woman that was planning on having a baby or is having a baby and is thinking about how to create um 
a reverent, sacred experience for herself is that she is enough. She knows how to do it. And even if she doesn't have a doula, if she doesn't have any help, she doesn't have any support within her, she has all the necessary um, elements and the universe always provides her with all the necessary elements and with all the necessary equipment, if you will, to create a super connected experience for herself. So it's a birthright of every woman. And what I want each and every woman to know is birth and experience of moving through a transition, especially during giving birth to a baby, is intended to make her bigger than she was, is intended to make her more empowered than she was, is intended to make her better and more seated in her own self that she wa than she was. So birth is really a super empowering experience and it's not something that will deplete her unless she decides um, to direct herself to believe that she is. So every woman can really use birth to make herself bigger, stronger, better, more connected and more intuitive and more able. So she within herself has all the resources she needs. So I that's that probably so the message. <laughs> yeah, I love that so much. Um, if you could wave a magic wand and change something for all mothers or birthers, what would it be? Um <laughs> What I would what what I would do if I had a magic wand is I would create um, sort of a universal healthcare system that allows every mother to have a window where she is fully supported, can have whatever support that she needs and wants, and um, it is fully covered by, you know universal healthcare principles. <laughs> That's what I would do. And I would want every woman to, to kind of have a plan the same way as people plan for, um, for honeymoon or for their wedding, say, this is what I'm doing from my sacred window. And it's all covered by society by insurance and everyone understands and everyone looks at it as a sacred experience and everyone you know creates the space for that so I would create it so that there's an awareness of this window in the collective and that everyone supports it and thinks considers it to be a contribution to future generations to support women in that time with time money and resources I love that. That's a great way to use a magic wand. <laughs> <laughs> as well as, you know, as well as really um, embracing the people that provide the support, the doulas, as, as important as, say, the way that we consider doctors in this society, for example, in the States, you know, mm -hmm. so that the the resources and the ability for women to do this work is fully supported in every way, including financially, so mm -hmm. that this is valued at a, at a, at a no less, at least no less than um, doctors' interventions. Definitely. Um, so I I come across a lot of moms that are outside of their sacred window. Um, and they feel overwhelmed and maybe they didn't know about some of the ways to use that sacred window to their benefit. Um, so it, maybe at like two years postpartum, something like that, they're feeling very overwhelmed. What would you say to a mom in that situation? Well, what I would say is that my own personal experience tells me that, you know, it's the postpartum window is just a serendipitous time where we're hormonally helped to create the window. But the ability to create a space, a sacred space for anyone at any point is completely available for every person. So if a mom is feeling overwhelmed and she's feeling like she's missed the window, like don't ever 
think that it's just more like just because you didn't do something during that postpartum window, it's okay. You can still create it. You just won't have the flood of hormonal help, but you can integrate that and create it for yourself as a plan. So it's it's the same as creating like a, a retreat for yourself and basically creating that space to go within and to find your own inner spirit. And so, because I didn't have a baby, but I had a, you know, a, a health challenge, cancer that I feel completely empowered through because I've decided to create that space for myself. So I am a testament to the fact that you don't need to have a baby to create that. And even if you didn't do it the way you meant to do it or wanted to do it, you can always do it again. (laughs) I love that. It's not that any mom like missed out on anything. Like she, she can create it whenever she needs it. Absolutely. In fact, my hope for the collective is that as we create this awareness of the postpartum window and turn it created to be a sacred window because it's not really sacred in itself if we don't give it that significance if we don't put infuse it with those beliefs of like sacredness and connection is that we use this as a as a as a model as an archetype to handle other transitions in life like post-surgery of any kind, post-trauma of any kind, post-divorce, post-breakup. you know breakup. Like Everyone can create this very nurturing um, thing for themselves. And in Ayurveda, postpartum windows just a specific um, application of Rasayana, which means rebuilding. So in Ayurveda, we have cleansing, cleansing methods, and then once you finish with the cleansing, you use Rasayana, which is rebuilding methods, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and that's available in Ayurveda wide and far. So, you know, Panchakarma and then Rasayana, they go together. So everyone can do that at any point in time when they're feeling overwhelmed. It's just a matter of connecting with your inner self. So that's that's totally available for everyone. And in fact, the reason I do the consciousness trainings that I do is because I consider them to be that kind of thing. It's a, you know, nine days when each person goes inside inside and finds their own connection to their own higher self, regardless of the gender or circumstances. So it's totally creatable. <laughs> that's incredible. Thank you. And um, for any um, any moms or birthers listening, do you have any last words that you'd like to share? Just that we are in an incredible time in history where there's so many things that are shifting. And one of the main things that are shifting is the balance of power between masculine and feminine. We've been in this period of time where Purusha and Prakriti have been out of balance. It's shifted into a male-oriented perspective. And now the collective consciousness is trying really hard to direct its attention towards the balance of the masculine and feminine. And for that to happen, the the women of the world need to rise up and embrace embrace their power. So the message for every woman out there and for every man and for every human really is that it's the time to embrace, embrace the creativity of the feminine um, regardless of your gender. And the principles that we talk about in our studies of compassion, understanding, connection, presence, embracing of what is, is the power that's going to move into the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th uh, century as the new generation comes in. So 
this is this is a super amazing time to be alive and it's super amazing time to empower your own feminine within thank you so much um it's been a pleasure speaking with you would you mind sharing how any listeners can get in touch with you absolutely so um anyone that is interested you can always reach out to me via email which is um the sacred window email is julia.sacredwindowcenter at gmail.com. You can always also reach out to me on an email, which is evolvedeliberately at gmail.com, which is the avatar email that I use. And then anyone that is interested can call me either on um, my phone or WhatsApp number, which is 508 665 eight three two five and i can also be found on social media um, under julia fishman wonderful thank you so much for your time julia it's been a pleasure speaking with you thank you so much i really appreciate it until next time this has been the here and now motherhood podcast 